it's the it's the long game. You're playing the long game. So it's about all the people you're meeting. It's about doing consistently good work in front of this group of casting directors or directors or people you want to work with. I think is if the offices are continuing to call you in, you're doing something right. You're making them look good every time. And I think eventually the stars align and it all works out. Welcome to Creative Wisdom. My name is Matthew Collins. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I have Ryan Riley on. He is an actor. He's a dancer. He's a singer. He is an exceptional performer, but an even better person. I, got, I had the privilege of working with uh, Ryan on a, on a play, and I was so enamored with his talent on stage, but then being able to get to know him backstage and, you know, just become friends. It has been an absolute privilege. And when I was thinking of the perfect guest list to help get this podcast off the ground, Ryan was at the very top of it. I knew that anyone who listens to it would be able to ga gather so much from his mindset and how he conducts himself and how he's navigated his journey um, to get to where he is. I, it was just imperative for me to get him on and... I was able to pick his brain and learn things that I didn't even know. And I'm applying things that he said. And I hope that you get even more from it than I did. So let's get into it. Stay creative. You're in New Orleans, correct? I am in New Orleans. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's joining me from New Orleans. He is an actor that I had the privilege of working with previously on a show. And it was just a... We had an amazing time on that show, um, met some very good friends that we continue to kind of correspond, which is not necessarily the case with a lot of plays that you do. That is true. Most of the time you kind of... No, I... Yeah, so... We had the secret sauce with that cast. It was amazing. That, that cast is still yeah. very close to this day. Yeah, it was like... Um, yeah, because I... Up until that point, like I'd done shows in Chicago, but I hadn't really... That cast just kind of showed me what it could be like to find like a little Chicago family yeah. in like theater. And it was like, finally, because most of the time, like you kind of cross paths with people, you do a show, you have that little moment of time, then you disperse and then you kind of go your collective ways. Yeah. But this one, it's just like, we're constantly trying to like check in with each other, see each other's shows. Yeah. It's been great. They were amazing. They are amazing. Perfect. Yeah. So kind of starting off with this. Um, so, when did you kind of discover that you wanted to go into acting or anything kind of creative? Like, where did that begin for you? Mm, I think at a pretty young age, I always wanted to. Um, and then I, I was sort of allowed to once I got to high school as when I started going off on my own and just auditioning for things and joining choirs and just getting into performing. But before that, I grew up in like a very blue collar, very sports driven, uh, like South side of Chicago in the South suburbs. And so it just wasn't, you know, and this was the eighties and nineties. So it just wasn't encouraged to do, to have like a little artistic boy. Like my parents didn't know what to do with me. So they kept just signing me up for baseball over and over again. And I hated it. Um, but I would say like, once I got my license and I, I switched high schools and sort of found, started finding my people. And from there, I was just hooked. 
Okay. So like, so in high school, did you start like doing plays or? Yeah. 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 My sophomore year of high school, they, I got dragged into, uh, they needed more guys and guys and dolls. And, uh, I was sort of like, come to one practice. And if you hate it, you never have to go back. Um, and so I did. And I, and I, it was like the thing I'd always wanted to do, but I had to play cool. Like I didn't. And, uh, once I was there, I was, I was absolutely hooked. And then I was in a play, you know, that led to like community theater and, multiple shows a year and joining any performance group that would have me all through high school to the point of then auditioning for college programs. Okay. And then what college did you go to? I went to the university of Wisconsin Stevens point. Oh, I know. And how was that experience for you? Um, it was great. It was, I think at the time it was great. I look back now and, um, have, have some thoughts because I teach now and so <laughs> I'm constantly comparing like and grafting how I teach based on the things I've learned along the way and things I would maybe do differently but overall I had a very positive experience there I because I started so late it was uh college the college program was sort of like a last ditch effort to keep doing it so i had missed all the deadlines i had um i was going to be an elementary ed teacher and like i had a different school picked out and i just at the last second was like i need to keep doing this the voice teacher i was studying with at the time went to stevens point they have a small bfa program they take like eight people a year she was like i can probably get you an audition slot and that was like the only option left you know what i mean i'd missed all the other auditions so I just threw all my eggs in that basket. I was like, if I get in, I'm going to go this way. And if I don't, I'm going to go this way. And I got in. And so I went that way. <laughs> yeah. I kind of find that's like, uh, that's a common thread through a lot of people's journeys is like, they have that moment where the, the, the path splits right. and it's like, right. and you look at the path of like going down and I want to continue to do like a acting theater and being creative. And I have this other path and you're just kind of like, you know, most people go right, but like a lot of people that go left, it's just like, so describe that kind of pool that like, cause for me, it's like, uh -huh. I hate quitting. So like knowing that, like, if I quit, like I've kind of not only let myself down, but I let like people that like help nurture this like fire to go and be a creative, I kind of feel like I'm letting them down as well. Mm. So did that play a part in like kind of continuing on or? Was it just, um, I, I think, that, hmm. I think part of that definitely still exists today. Like the not wanting to mm. quit and, and potentially let people down at that time though, with like the college split was more about just this strong, strong desire to like, I, I felt like if I didn't do it in college, I was going to lose it forever. Like I had to. Mm go in this direction because i was i was just like really happy in my and felt like i was in my element and so i wanted that to continue i remember having like a really serious conversation with my brother about it he was like then do it like go you know talk to our parents do it um and to be clear like my parents were super supportive like once they saw me like blossoming in this world it was like oh yeah that's what he was supposed to be doing they were just going with the status quo before that in terms of uh, you know and my mom to this day will describe, she's like, I just didn't want you to get like rejected. I was so nervous about like people saying no to you. And then I signed up for this life of 
people mostly saying no to me um constantly but the 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 need to protect as a parent was very uh apparent especially my mom um so yeah i think it was a strong desire and i remember um i had an aunt who sadly is no longer with us but she was like the matriarch of a family and she was like are we allowed to swear on your your podcast yeah there was like she was like the no bullshit she was this wonderfully supportive awesome italian matriarch um but she'd pull you aside and like put you in line or so i remember it was christmas that year and she was she like approached me in the the big basement of the family party and she was like i hear you want to keep doing this and i was like yeah and she was like do it you're good you know like she had come to all my high school shows and she was like you know i don't bullshit people like you you can do this and uh and that was like a that was huge because aunt carol was everything and so having aunt carol's approval was pretty amazing as well we're just having aunt carol's in your life in general right is a blessing just because i think like from my perspective my parents were like they were supportive but it was also like we'll let this run out <laughs> we'll, we'll let him like get this out of his system and then he'll like realize and then but then it like it just never went away and then they were like of course they were still supportive but it was just kind of like that little uh we'll just uh We'll see how long this runway lasts. But, it, yeah. and then I have an aunt as well that like has been always supportive. And so it kind of helps keep that drive going. So go to college. So, what was the first move? Like, cause I find that that's like a big, especially from where I come from, is like a lot of people that I was in theater, like when college, in the theater program, like there was a few that went and ventured off and actually pursued it. And then there was a majority of people that were just like, for whatever reason, they just didn't see a path. And then they kind of went, they went right instead of continuing down. Yeah. So what was like that, that decision like? Um, I've, I've found some early success in that. Like I, I auditioned every summer for different summer stock programs. So I go to like Midwest theater auditions and, um, for any listener who's not familiar it's like a giant cattle call you essentially like every college program descends on one college usually a college campus or a hotel campus things like that midwest theater auditions i don't know if they still are but they used to be at webster university in st louis and so um all the regional theaters come and they sit in the audience and you get like two minutes to audition for the entire audience and then these callback lists go up in hallways and then you schedule your callbacks for the rest of the weekends and then you hope to get an offer for the summer um so i basically did a version of that every summer and got a job that was different and exciting and introduced me to new people and new music directors and new directors and choreographers and and so i was like building a resume and a sense of community throughout my college years outside of my college experience and learning how to be a professional. I was like working with a lot of these programs, like you're an intern and you're working with professional actors from New York City or wherever. And so I think just having the confidence, like seeing that people were responding positively to me. Um, and I've always been a sponge in those environments. So even though I started late, I found, especially the early years of college, like um, some of my classmates who had just been doing it since they were kids, they, they kind of came in feeling like they knew everything already, where I was just a sponge and wanting to do and try everything. And I was like, in, you know, in dance shows and 
helping direct and just trying to just learn and piece together everything I could get out of the experience. And, um, because of the, yeah, that I think the summer successes and then my success throughout college, uh, seeing that people wanted to work with me and I was getting roles and things like that made me, made me have the confidence to say I could do this. So right after school, I moved to New York. Like two weeks after I graduated, I bought a train ticket because you could bring four pieces of luggage with you instead of <laughs> <laughs> It was like I bought like a sixty dollar. I will never forget that. I still have the ticket stuff. It was like a sixty dollar one way ticket to New York City. I think I had a total of a thousand dollars in my bank account that I'd scrapped together from like my college graduation party, and um, I was in a relationship out at, at the time with somebody who lived there that I'd met the summer before in summer stock when we've been doing long distance and I just like moved into his apartment and gave it a go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like, that's a, that's a big leap of faith. Just a thousand dollars and some, yeah, some it, hopes it was, and dreams. It was not easy. Uh, I think it was definitely character building, but it was not, um, it was, it was hard. It was hard. I had like four part-time jobs and a, you know, a bunch of roommates and, um, but you just make it work, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that is definitely something that is difficult because you have to have a vision. You have to see that it's like, okay. Cause it's easy to lose sight of that, especially when you start looking at the negative things where you just like, you get there. It's like, this is really hard. I'm not having any success at the beginning. And it's like, I'm working these dead end jobs and I'm just like hoping that something happens. And it's easy to kind of like lose sight of that focus and that vision for yourself. So right. did you see like success, like whenever you're leaving or was it just like, I'm going for it. We'll see what happens type thing. Um, I, I did. I just think I didn't have a reference for what success looked like in that yeah. in New York city. And that this time I was like very musical theater focused and musical theater in New York is like, it's just like it's a it's its own planet. Like this people are amazing. And uh I don't know. I've I I was cast in things, but they would a lot of so the thing with New York City is a lot of times it's like regional theaters audition there and then boom, you have a three month contract offer, but you gotta sublet your place and you gotta like live out of a suitcase and or go out on tour. So you're just like constantly in this transitional flux back and forth back and forth i got a bunch of work in florida for like on and off for two years um and again it was just like about gaining experience getting getting my stage legs people and you know and just like working with a bunch of different directors and producers and things like that and starting to build your network um but i was not working in new york city very often it was like i was auditioning there and then getting shipped out to go you know to a musical in Arizona. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, yeah. it's a weird world out there, you know? Yeah, because it's like, because uh, it's always, I found it funny. It's like you're auditioning and doing something for Arizona. It's like, is there nobody in Arizona like doing theater? But so kind of going back, so it seems like the through line for you was just do whatever you could to get experience, get on stage, perform. I think that's something that a lot of people like, especially whenever they're, they find like a little bit like where they're getting cast a lot. What's well, like, I'm, I don't need to do that now. Mm. So was it like you were just jumping at opportunities or was it like, ah, do I really want to do this? 
I kind of want to stay in New York or was it like I'm every bit you were chomping at the bit for an opportunity? I was kind of chomping at the bit for any opportunity, I would say, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, and then like a turning point happened where I would say after two or three years, I was like so tired of the transitional thing. And like you're never mm-hmm. really able to save money in that situation. You know, you're making like this was non-union musical theater, like ensemble work. <laughs> so making like yeah. four to five hundred dollars a week, like living in actor housing in some random town in Florida. Um, if you're not able to line up that sublet in New York, you're like pitching back some money to your roommates there. Uh, and I was, and I, at some point, I was like, this is not sustainable. I don't know how to do this, and so I, I auditioned for. Tokyo Disney. I was doing a contract down in Florida. They were having their open call. And I went and I I walked into that gate and was just like, I'm getting this. Like I want to essentially escape my life for six months. Just go away, have some solo time, but make a ton of money and come back and make a decision and like pivot and and try to like forge a life. Um and I got out. So I booked that gig. I got a four and a half month contract in Tokyo. It was the only time I've ever lived completely by myself. It was amazing. <laughs> I did three shows a day, five days a week, and met some really cool people and was like living in this, they call it e-village, entertainment village. And like you're suddenly living with 300 foreign performers from all over the world. So just getting to like meet interesting people and try interesting foods and like the lifestyle was so much more active there and i was just like really really happy and in my element but like uh you have two bank accounts you have your per diem and you have your your salary essentially and i just made a point to only live on my per diem i never touched my salary so i took that entire chunk of money and that is when oh that's when i moved to chicago that's when i was like even though I was like born and raised in Chicago, I left when I was 18 for school and kind of hadn't been back. And that, that was when I was like, I'm gonna try this and try to hit the professional scene here. And at that point I was equity. I turned equity like the Mm. last year in Florida, those contracts. Oh, wow. Okay. So then moved to Chicago. So was it always kind of, did you see yourself kind of bouncing around like that? Or was it like, you know what, Chicago makes the most sense? Because most of the time people are like, well, they kind of bypass Chicago, go right to LA type thing. Yeah, I did that eventually. But uh, at this point, I had always wanted to like start and try in Chicago. And I think because of that relationship Mm -hmm. I was in, I just bypassed that and went to New York first. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I just tried Chicago. I was like, let's do this. Again, I was still mostly musical theater based. I was doing like the Drury Lane, Marriott sort of. I, oh, yeah. I lucked out. I was like really right for both of their seasons for about two or three years and got some nice roles. And like the cool thing about Chicago theater that I absolutely love is you are a lead in one show, you're ensemble the next show, you're understudying the next show, and you kind of just all rotate and it all works. And I don't at least in my pool I never felt resentful or like it just kind of always worked out I I knew who would be called back with me and we'd often get a beer afterwards and wait for one of our phones to ring like it just yeah uh it it was pretty cool so I did that for about 
three years. I don't, I would wait tables at the same time and like, but I was pretty consistently in a show at one of those two theaters, um, for about two or three years, which was really nice. Um, that's, that's really good because a lot of times like you book something, then you kind of have that dry spell. Yeah. So being able to consistently work is, is something else. Yeah. I was um, really lucky between their kids shows on their, uh, evening, you know, they're me. So did you like, so you said you were mostly musical theater based. Where was that switch where you're like, you know what? I kind of want to <laughs> test the water and go yeah. and try something else. So, uh, shout out to Susan Hart, Chicago Shakespeare teacher. She was in mm-hmm. one of the shows I did at Jury Light, one of the first shows I did. And, um, she was, yeah, it was Meet Me in St. Louis. She was playing Katie the Maid and like, admittedly i hope it's okay to say this like admittedly didn't want to be doing the show she was like really good friends with the director and he essentially like begged her to do it and so she she ended up doing it um and during the show i remember there at jury lane there's like this long staircase up to the men's dressing room and a bunch of the ensemble kids were all like sitting there you know we're all like mid-20s we're dancers we're just like ensemble 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 and she walked past us one day on the way to the coffee pot and she was like Listen to me, this cannot, this doesn't last what you're doing, okay? She's like, you you will age out of it. Your knees are going to hurt. Your backs are going to hurt. Like, you cannot be a chorus kid forever. And um, she essentially was like pitching that we take her class, but instead of just being like, here, sign up for my class, she, she gave us free Shakespeare class on Sundays between shows, we would meet on the stage between, cause you do a matinee and an evening on Sundays. And we would have this like killer two and a half hour Shakespeare class between shows. Totally free, awesome. led by her. And I was watching these people that I had been friends with and like people that I know as dancers, just like crush it being like, oh my God, your Ophelia is amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, yeah, she was pulling things out of us that we never knew were possible and Shakespeare can seem very specific but I found that that training just bled over into almost everything I did so how I break down text how I shape character um it was all like kind of introduced and learned through Susan Hart and those beginning uh in in the beginning of my career um and it was amazing. And I went on to then study with her for a good two years. Like it was a very smart, uh, it was a very smart marketing ploy on her end to give us like a free class up front because I know a lot of us just stayed with her for years. But I found that training to be incredibly valuable. Um, I remember I booked this commercial, it was like an industrial and it had all this tech jargon. And it was just me, teleprompter, blank studio. And I remember like they just weren't getting me the scripts. They weren't getting me the scripts. And finally the day of, they just threw it all up on a teleprompter and I never used a teleprompter before. And I was just, it was like one of those sink or swim moments. Like you just find out what you're made of, but it was like pages and pages of tech jargon. And because of Susan Hart, I was able to like lean parentheticals, get it back. It was, it was Shakespeare. It was like, here's a bunch of nonsense. How do you make it make sense to the viewer? And I, yeah, I would never think those two things go hand in hand. But in that moment, I was just with the red pen. They let me put it however I wanted in the teleprompter. So I was like adding parentheticals and commas and highlighting words and making, you know, and it was all based on things I'd learned in Shakespeare class. 
And I ended up being that brand's spokesperson for three years because of that. Oh, wow. Susan Hart. And all that. Susan Hart. <laughs> Susan Hart. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's something, though, because most of the time, you know, whenever you get like that, a lot of people like don't want to give up the secret sauce of how like they're getting mm-hmm. cast and stuff sometimes. But so it just like it's a testament that I find I found in like Chicago is just like there's so many people willing to collaborate in Chicago um, that it's not like you you have to put ego aside mm-hmm. and see like you I feel like there's always you got to have this like want to help people as well because we're all wanting to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like finding somebody that like just nurtures like that is so important, especially early on. Totally. Because because you're always getting doors shut in your face where it's just like, no, you audition, you're so excited for it. No. And then just like finding somebody that like just is sees something in you and nurtures that. Oh, it's such a it's such an amazing feeling. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's great. You know, I'm now in my forties. I'm like, I teach here in New Orleans and I it's really cool to be on the other side of that and to be able to give that and tips and things that I wish I knew early on and things that would have saved me time or just mentoring somebody who's just feels stuck and being just a path for them and saying like, here are your options. It's actually clearer than you think, you know? Um, I love that stuff. Well, that's, that's, that that was the pretty much the crux of why I started. This was just like to be able to, no matter what creative endeavor people find themselves just finding ways to help keep people going, give them little nuggets to be able to kind of, you know, get to where they're going because, you know, whenever you're starting off or even down the path, you just kind of get lost sometimes. And it's just nice to get, find like a little light that helps you find your way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you're in Chicago. So then you transition to LA after that? New York. Back to New York. New York. Back to New York. Okay. Uh, So at this point, I'm in a long-term relationship with my now husband, Jay, and he got a job offer in New York and he had kind of always wanted to try it. And I was like, yeah, let's give it a go, you know? Um, And we did. And it was hard. (laughs) <laughs> but it was, yeah, yeah. it was easier to do it with somebody else and like have a dual mm-hmm. income and all those things and i had uh yeah we were there for six years and it was like really up and down there were some years that were great and some years that were like uh, i need to find something else to do you know i it, it's no there's no perfect road <laughs> at least there wasn't for mm-hmm. me oh. um but every time i Every time I came close, and still this day, every time I consider throwing in the towel, something happens. Like the phone rings, you get you get sort of sucked back in. I, you always get just enough to be like, "No, I'm I am doing this." Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I booked a national tour while I was there. I also started working with a theater company. I became a company member and was like, uh, you know, we produced shows and. Um, so I was like assistant directing with them. I wrote a show for them that was pretty successful. And that was a nice confidence boost to like try writing. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was ebb and flow. It's like more going out of town for two or three months to do a gig and coming back. 
I started getting like my a couple callbacks for Broadway shows, which was like really exciting, even though none of them ever happened. But to feel like you were in the running and you were like being considered was huge. You know, you're like, no, I'm yeah. not, not some idiot. And I was still like, dabbling back and forth between musical theater and straight plays and um, uh, uh, some commercial work. I'm starting, it was starting to get some uh, on camera stuff at that point but mostly commercial yeah. work. But yeah, I mean, even like going off your point of just even though you were like being considered for Broadway and not getting on, I think that's something that I've started to embrace more of is just look, like celebrating little successes. Like even though you didn't get it, like you got a callback or you were in the room, like yeah. being able to be right there. Like a lot of people don't even get to that point And it's just like, okay, I got that far. So how can I learn and then continue to grow from it? Just yeah. celebrating. That. Yeah. Um, it's the, so, it's the long game. You're playing the long game. Mm -hmm. So it's about all the people you're meeting. It's about doing consistently good work in front of this group of casting directors or directors or people you want to work with. I think is if the offices are continuing to call you in, you're doing something right. You're making them look good every time. And I think eventually the stars align and it all works out. Mm -hmm. For me, it's usually like one or two out of 10 callbacks results in a job. It's not a hundred percent consistent, but I'm kind of a numbers guy. And so it helps me to check in on like, like that's a pretty consistent number for me, you know? Okay. So, while you were kind of like going through this, like this portion of your career, um, you said like you had contemplated like giving up and then you kind of started dabbling into writing. Was there like any other kind of like creative endeavors that you were like trying just to kind of keep like the the flow going or was it just kind yeah. of whatever presented itself to you? Often whatever presented itself to me, but also during this time, I was um, I, my side hustle. I've kind of always worked with kids. Whether it's like after school art programs or like I was a nanny for five years with the same family, things like that. And so I, I just think like being with and working with kids, it just lends itself to huge amounts of creativity and uh, they, they can be so inspiring and make you look at the world in different ways and have different perspectives and get you out of your comfort zone, you know? <laughs> and oh, yeah. so I, I always enjoyed having to do that as my side hustle, it was a much more enjoyable and felt like I was also like giving back, you know, I still wait tables to this day, a couple nights a week. And it's just like, that's a job where you just turn on and off. But there's yeah. something about working <laughs> with kids that like keeps you thinking and keeps you inspired and keeps you active. That has always been nice. Oh, See, uh, yeah, because like with kids, it's like, you know, a lot of people comment about the no filter, but it's just like they the imaginations that, that kids have. It's just like, I don't know where I lost a lot of mine, but like they'll just pull stuff out. And it's like, how did you come up with that? Right. right it's right. so fascinating. Yeah. Um, OK, so then. New York found some more success. Keep going. Um, so. Can you like, how do you maintain a creative mindset? Like in, when you face like challenges and obstacles? Mm. I think knowing that it's going to ebb and flow, it's just part of 
it's part of the process. It's part of everyone's process. It's just how it works. So just knowing that there's going to be peaks and valleys um, helps so that when you are in them, and I'm, listen, no, I'm not perfect at this. Like sometimes you just need to allow space for that time. So if that's just yeah. like a couple of days under the cover on, on the couch, because that huge gig that you're on hold for for months isn't happening. <laughs> Yeah, you get to more than that. That is a that is a uh, you get to grieve that that job going away. So I think allowing space for disappointment um, is important. Um, just uh, staying active. Like I, I I like to start every day with just like a long walk. I live in a really fun, creative neighborhood, and so it's just inspiring just to leave your house. There's like cool murals and interesting people everywhere. Um. And then if you can be working on something that is truly just yours, whether that's writing, whether that's learning some new music or whatever, playing an instrument, just something that doesn't have to have like a monetization on it or like it's somebody else's to judge, something that's mm -hmm. just yours, I think is, is really nice. You know, that's a great kick around some ideas and like sometimes things stick you know and sometimes things will develop into something else but into into something bigger but just sort of starting i think i think just starting a lot of people can just stay in the idea phase and just um and it can feel overwhelming because right like okay i'm gonna write a <laughs> i'm gonna write a two-hour play like that's a lot of work um, so how did, what's the journey to just start and plug away little by little every day at it and, um, watch what it can become and, and surrounding yourself yeah. with other people who are like just good souls, good collaborators, people who are going to encourage you and not judge and not, um, people are, who are also going to like help lift you up. I think it's mm -hmm. important the company you keep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause I think that's like that's also something that like i've been i, I recorded like a, a a solo episode and that's what i was saying was just like you don't need to make like these massive like like jumps and leaps in like whenever you're working on like little projects for yourself like even if like in like even if you take like just little small steps that day it's like you made progress mm -hmm. like just keep the ball rolling that's the biggest thing is like momentum is so key because like I found because uh, like especially right after COVID like because like when everything stopped yeah and like you know I just it took me so long to kind of like get the momentum going again of like auditioning and doing better work I just kind of got like yeah. in my head and I just got into like this like failure mindset for whatever reason but like just being able to keep that momentum going is so important especially in this field absolutely absolutely but also okay. when things yeah, just ahead. stop, it's okay to be sad. <laughs> yeah. That's are. like, that's <laughs> what like my, I was talking to my therapist and she was just like, it's okay to like mourn things. It's okay. Take a moment. If it sucks, like sit in it for a little bit. Yeah. Feel those emotions and then move on. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling it again but, with the strike right now. You know, it feels like COVID oh, part two and that there's just so there's just like a lot less opportunity out there right now because oh, of yeah. it, right? And it's, 
it's important and it, it will iron itself out eventually. But to watch all of those, uh, you know, living, we get to live with this like potential of that one phone call or that one email changing our lives, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to like have those pretty much off the table. And so shortly after we got back, you know, COVID, I yeah. was off the table. And then we, we had this like moment of like, all right, we're back. And now to have them, most of them off the table again is, is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. So, so then New York, what was the next move? That I know, that? right? We've been all over the yeah. place. Uh, then we're, LA, we're, then LA. LA for three years. Again, that was another job opportunity. And I'd always wanted to try LA. Uh, my husband had a job opportunity out there. I was like, let's do it. So we did it. LA is, LA is wild. It was, I don't know. I had a very love hate relationship with it. I think every city has its pros and cons. Um, but it was, it was cool. Like it, I met really interesting people and, trying interesting things and like i don't it was wild and that's when i started getting that's when i really tried to focus on on camera and tv and film work um and started to get a little bit of success in that area which is great so with that um because you know la is notoriously a, a film and tv like scope mm -hmm. um, so you saw that opportunity was it something that you were nervous to try to start like a different kind of like not necessarily start because it's it's film and theater are vastly different as far as like technique wise i find yeah because, um so had you like taken any classes or was it just like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna see what happens type thing yeah in new york i started taking some classes and then when i moved to la i, I like studied hard I was in class all the time um, with different people. I mostly studied at Leslie Kahn on and off for a couple of years and just learning the ins and outs, learning all the, all the vocabulary and the terminology. And, and then again, being a sponge, when I did first get some gigs being, no one teaches you how to be on set. No one, <laughs> that should be a class, but it's mm -hmm. not like we learn how to get the job. But nobody tells you what happens once you're there, how it works. Yeah, they just they just tell you to act professional. And then you're just like, uh, okay. Um, yeah. So during that time, I just remember my first couple times on set, uh, just observing everything I could. And even, and like peeking out of my trailer or like just being like, I'm going to go take a walk and just introduce myself to people um and watched it like a couple of shows i worked on had celebrities as like the series regulars and things like that and watching how they acted like i i had very clear examples of like who i would want to be who's like model i would want to behave whose behavior i would want to model in that environment and who's i absolutely would not and found repulsive and so just like and, and like learning who's, you know, that the second AD is the one in charge of actors. Like no one teaches you that. And, no. Um, learning what holding is and that I can bring my phone and a book and I'll have a little chair closer to set. And like, that's all stuff you don't know until you get a couple, a couple times uh, under your belt. So I was a sponge and I loved it. Yeah. Cause looking back on my experiences, I kind of wish I had that like mindset, but I was like, I was so preoccupied with not screwing up 
Yeah. That I was just like, I was just totally just like I blinders. I was just so focused on making sure that like, I wasn't the reason this episode sucked. Um, yeah. So that's, I feel like that's been a through line for you. It's just been like, you've taken every opportunity to just, you take it as a way to like move forward, but also you're like making sure that you're savoring it, learning everything you can and then applying it as the, to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I'm, I'm a big, like, I, I like to reflect after big moments like that. So, like, I'll just pop in, a, like, a Google Doc of, like, things I learned on my first set and just really reflect on what it was, what I would do differently. And then I try to also journal every morning just to, like, mind dump and kind of organize my day and point out a couple things I'm grateful for. Like, I really do think it's important just to kind of center yourself whenever you can and using i use like journaling and reflecting quite often i was gonna ask if you like like bringing it with me into the future Uh and growing on some yeah it's yeah because i was gonna ask if you if you journaled or kind of wrote those wrote those down or because it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle oh yeah and when and i find like i'll go through periods where i won't do it i'll be like why am i so grumpy or like why am i so unfocused today and i why can't i find a direction it's like oh you haven't written in a week like mm-hmm. go do that go yeah that was a pro- i started um uh i i did the artist way like back in 2014 maybe 13 yeah. and like that is a you know you write three pages a day it's called your morning pages and there is a website now called 750 words that's modeled after that so oh i didn't know there was a website yeah, it's great. And it's all like secure and you can just, you just dump and it keeps the word count for you. Um, so I try to do that. You know, I've gone on and off since 2013 of doing some version of morning pages and it's been very helpful and like adding in different things I've you know, uh, I've added now like three things I'm grateful for at the end of the post and like three wins from yesterday. So even if it's small, you're just like collecting gratitude and and wins and again trying to bring that forward with you build some momentum yeah because i think that's one thing that always happens is like you can't you lose like that gratitude those small wins and especially when you're in that like that valley you just focus on negative it's just like i've auditioned five times i haven't even got a call back like what (laughs) what am i even doing type thing and you're just kind of you're not even grateful for the opportunity at that point. You're just kind of in, in bitterness land. So just like reflecting, being grateful for where you're at that part of your journey. And just, I think like sitting in those is so much healthier than like, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's Uh, easier said than it's hard. Like it is. It's hard. Yeah. When I fall off of that, I, I can notice and it's, I got to get myself back on the wagon in a way. Yeah. Cause that, that's uh i don't know if you've read the book atomic habits no um and so whenever because it deals with like creating like healthy and better habits for yourself but like what he does say is if you get off on like your like routine or anything like that it's like don't don't kill yourself for it don't like be like oh you're whatever it's just like make sure the next day to get back on it and then like be consistent with it because it's just like you're gonna have moments where you drop off you're not gonna be as motivated It happens. It happens to everybody. Yeah. I also try to find, I'm a big believer in like, in, in karma. 
and mm-hmm. sort of um, like karmic currency. So I have a core group of friends who are all in, in who are all artists mm-hmm. and making sure if they need a reader, I, you say yes, because you're going to need one later. Like, however I can help somebody else um, who's on the same journey as I am, because I know it's going to come back to me. And like, it also, just because I don't have a great audition that day <laughs> or a great audition opportunity, but like you as my friend do, and you need a reader, I feel like when you get a call back or you book it, and you say like, oh my God, I booked it. Thanks again for your help. It's like, I'm a part of that. I'm yeah, I love that. Um, so I've always had like a core group of friends that we do that for and their wins are my wins and vice versa. It's... Yeah. Cause yeah, cause that goes, that just lends itself. It takes a community. It takes a community to raise an it actor. Takes, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Okay. So I guess, um, so then you LA start dabbling in film tv and then and then where where uh, you go there and then a brief stint back in chicago um Mm -hmm. that was due to mostly some family stuff like i we kind of just felt like like all of our core you know we grew up there and so like all of our friends were having kids all of our nieces and nephews my husband's also from the midwest there were like all these like big moments um my dad was in a pretty serious motorcycle accident during this time. And like, I just remember the family, like going through all that hospital stuff and like, just feeling like I needed to be home. Uh, so we came back home. This was in 2018 mm-hmm. and, uh, almost right away booked the show, which I met you <laughs> and worked for that company on and off for yeah. two, three years. Yeah, because you did you did Boys in the Band, and then you um, what was the other one? What was Recipe that? for Disaster, which was Recipe like right after uh, COVID. Yeah, so I I worked pretty exclusively with them, and was doing a lot of commercial work. Um, I sort of like became commercial dad during that time, mm-hmm. which was great. And then a couple uh, the TV stuff continued. It was I got like an episode of Empire and Chicago Med, and got my first guest star. So it felt like I was like really building some momentum there. And then COVID happened. And then COVID at all. Cause yeah, <laughs> I've, I, I was the same way. I felt like I was in, I was just on a hot streak. I had like, yeah. I booked Southern Gothic and then I was getting called in for med, uh, fire PD. And then like, I was getting like director sessions. Like I had like three or four director sessions, like right before COVID. And I was like, oh, they're going to cast me. It's yeah. imminent. Yeah, COVID. And then it was just like everything stopped. And I don't know. I'd like to know your perspective on this. I miss in-person auditions. Hey. I uh, just for whatever reason, like I'm still trying to figure out my like my virtual audition process because you give me too many takes and I will yeah. be there all day with it, thinking that I'm doing something drastically different. I like just being able to walk in. This is it and leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I miss them as well. I think there's a certain amount of, uh, pr- you show up differently, right? You, you prep yeah. differently, you know, I'm only going to get one or two chances at this. So I got to nail it. So I've tried to focus and this is what I teach. Cause I teach audition techniques down here. 
-hmm. is showing like setting up your time with your reader say you're going to meet at noon i i'm not going to find it with my reader i'm going to show up like i would for the casting director at noon with my reader so i'm gonna have some some big choices made i'm gonna know my words i'm gonna like i'm gonna go in and try to do it i'm gonna try to do it in one or two takes now you do have the flexibility to do a lot more and mm -hmm. I think readers are super important. Like it's gotta be somebody you really trust, but it's also gotta be somebody who's like, Hey Ryan, you got it. Stop. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, I want to do it one more time. I have a friend who'd be like, great. What are the things you're aiming for that are going to be different this time? So really getting specific about what is the direction change I want to make, or what is the thing I want to try instead of like, let's just hit, let's hit record and see what happens. Let's try it again. Like, I, I just think you can then get stuck forever. Yeah, uh, I yeah, because that's actually a good point. I find myself just hoping I find it in the moment because I'm wanting to be authentic and I'm yeah. just not I I do the prep work before, but I'm just like, oh, the moment will find me. And that's just not a not the way to do it. Or at least knowing where like where you want to start, you know, yeah. where the. But I also I also like it's so difficult, like especially when you have like a Chicago mid audition and you're like yeah you're you've been impaled by this uh if they pull it out you die you're just like in your like next to your living room <laughs> you're just trying yeah. to like pin up against these. the wall yeah um i mean auditions okay, so is then... way harder than actually being on set it we all know uh, this it's but i have yeah. found i don't know I, I just encourage you to find joy in the creativity of mm -hmm. what is it like to be impaled in my living room <laughs> like yeah. i have now like when i get auditions it's just more like digging in it's like all right here we go what do we i feel like i reached a point where i know what i need to do to at least be proud of my work moving forward yeah. and and so you're not always going to hit the mark but like it's at some point at some point you're not embarrassed by what you're sending in you're just like no this yeah. is a fully realized version of the character it's either going to align or it's not mm -hmm. you know and that's, yeah. that's all i can do <laughs> like yeah because i i it took me it took me i was actually last year and i was listening to a different podcast and i it totally just changed my mindset for auditions because before i just had like such anxiety i was overthinking and it was in that, on that podcast where it was another actor and he was like, listen, like whenever I made this change of go like realizing that casting directors or any, any like the director, they want you to be the person. Uh -huh. They want you to make their job easier. So just like I it's it took so much pressure away from me because I was just like, you know what? They want me to succeed. They're not like this overlord like picking apart every little thing they want you to be the person for them yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Um, i also i recommend all the time to younger actors or wherever you are in your journey um back to like being a sponge and learning whatever you can i i have lots of jobs on the other side of the table throughout mm -hmm. my career so i was like an agent's assistant and helped her build her roster I've been a reader in some like really big rooms. I was a table reader for NBC for a while where I get to read the co-stars. Um, I was a casting director for a theater company in Chicago. So understanding like how these decisions are made sometimes 
it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because this person stepped out of the room that like, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I But just having lots of examples of watching other people audition and then when the door closes and they walk out and, and you get to hear the conversations that happen, sometimes it has nothing to do with the performance. Like it, it, yeah. it's very freeing for me to be like, oh my God, this is kind of a numbers game. It's a magic game. It's just like when it all lines up, it works. Um, but to watch people continually do strong work and be celebrated by getting called back or being brought back in time after time after time after time, like that is somebody solving casting director's problems. Mm-hmm. They're making them look good to the producers and the directors, right? So they're going to continue bringing you in. And it's when it all aligns that the magic happens and you book it um yes i've always liked learning from the other side as well i think it was invaluable and when i teach now i'm I'm always telling my students like find a way to sit behind the table during auditions just email people and be like hey do you need an assistant can i be a monitor for you can i just watching how people behave (laughs) see how the sauce is made Thank you. Well. Right. <laughs> and then, so then Chicago, and then you made the trip down to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. How is how has New Orleans been? New Orleans was, has been amazing. Uh, it's been really fun. I've never felt a greater sense of community, like the, the in terms of neighbors looking out for each other, community support. There's a really strong acting community down here and a couple key players that like um there's this wonderful place called the actors apothecary that like it's a start off as like a taping service they they just have all these networking events and ways to celebrate each other and get on stage and they have classes so that's just like been a wonderful hub for a lot of the actors here it kind of came about once um everything went virtual audition wise you know, the thought that like, we're not seeing each other in waiting rooms anymore. So we're losing yeah. our personal contact with each other. Um, so they've really become a wonderful, wonderful space. Um, it was good. I, I, I came down here and like, I, I booked right away. I booked three TV shows and a movie and a play and like, was just feeling great. And then this straight up, it's um it all kind of died but i'm confident it'll be back i'm confident like you know i i'm i feel grateful that i was able to i found an agent down here that i absolutely love her name's rebecca davis the crew collective she's incredible and just like easy to talk to and on the same page and um so i feel confident that when the strike ends like i have her I have established relationship with these casting directors that hopefully will continue and hopefully we just get cruising again. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm I get the email like every day. It's like we're back negotiating. And I'm like, is today the day that they figure it out? I know. I know. Um so yeah, so here we are. So the one thing I always like to end on mm-hmm. is um what advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. What advice would I give my younger self? Well, I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> I know it's, 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 it's hard. 
Mine would mine. I I haven't answered mine, but mine would be I would um I would network better. Uh. I I definitely was just in that ego of I know, I think I I knew too. I thought I knew everything and not taking Congrats. opportunities, and I would have definitely picked more brains and networked and everything. Yeah, like yeah. Better. I wish I pursued TV and film way sooner than I did. I wish I was mm-hmm. like taking those classes and like really trying to understand that world. I didn't have any of it in college. And so um, I think I was like stuck in the musical theater train for too long. I mm-hmm. didn't, don't get me wrong. Like I love doing a musical every now and then. I still sing my face off in the car on road trips to musical theater. Like uh, they, I think because that was my start, there'll always be like a, a love for that. But I don't think that that's like what I'm put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I was like always being pushed to be bigger, bigger, bigger. Like those are thousand seat houses. And it's like, you got to play all the way to the back wall. And I was always, mm-hmm. I was always getting pushed to be bigger. And I think I always had mm-hmm. a more, subtle new ones thing that was probably better suited for on camera and so i wish i had maybe not tortured myself for years and years trying to trying to be on broadway because that's what my college program set me up for yeah yeah well i guess we'll we'll end on that so (laughs) i want to thank you for taking time out of your day to join me and having this conversation i think i know i learned a lot just because you have vast vast amount of experience um stories and just being able to pick your brain for a little bit i was beneficial not only for me but anybody that listens to it so i will uh, thank you so much for being on today 